This Star News Media Podcast is presented by North Chase Family Dentistry. Open evenings, Saturdays, and they probably take your insurance. Visit them on the web at NorthChaseFamilyDentistry.com. And by Tidewater Heating and Air Conditioning, servicing all major brands with highly trained technicians who are the best the industry has to offer. Serving Wilmington and surrounding communities for more than 40 years. Learn more at TidewaterAC.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cape Fear Unearthed, a podcast from Star News Media. I'm your host, Hunter Ingram, and I'm a reporter for the Star News here in Wilmington, North Carolina. When you're not listening to me talk about history on this podcast, you can read my byline on coverage of the city, the local film and television industry, and my weekly TV Hunter column. This week, we're going to be grabbing our shovel and digging into another story from the Cape Fear history books of persisting legends, historical oddities, and mysterious figures. As always, I'm going to share with you the story as it has been passed down through history and told through legend, and then I'm going to bring in someone from the community with knowledge of our tale to discuss what impact the story may have had on the region and whether or not history can be trusted. So settle in for this episode of Cape Fear Unearthed as we set course for the coast to find out if southeastern North Carolina was in fact the final resting place of Theodosia Burr Austin. As the first act of the Tony-winning Broadway musical Hamilton comes to a close, Aaron Burr, as played by Leslie Odom Jr., sings of his dreams for his newborn daughter Theodosia. You'll come of age with our young nation, he sings, as if telling her a lullaby. We'll bleed and fight for you. We'll make it right for you. If we lay a strong enough foundation, we'll pass it on to you. We'll give the world to you. And you'll blow us all away. The future Aaron Burr saw for his daughter was bright and born on the backs of patriots. He was still adjusting to fatherhood and domesticity, but he wanted to be able to hand her a world of possibility he fought so hard to obtain for himself. Instead, in those early days of the United States, a near-constant series of unfortunate events at every turn broke the spirit of the young woman she would become and put her on a course for the North Carolina coast at the dawn of 1813. It was off our shores that some versions of history say she met a tragic end. But is that the whole story? Before we get to her alleged end, we must go back to her beginning. Theodosia Bartow Burr was born on June 21, 1783 just a few short months before victory was declared for the colonies in the Revolutionary War. She was born into high society, where the Burrs were already a family known far and wide. Not only was Aaron a distinguished lawyer and soldier, his courtship with his wife, also named Theodosia, was a story of scandal. Theodosia was already the married mother of five when she and Aaron fell in love, and she only married him after her first husband died. Young Theodosia was the couple's only child, So for better or worse, she received an intense amount of attention from her parents, particularly her father. He had big plans for her future, including learning several languages that would mold her into a future leader, which was rare for a time when women were raised to be wives and mothers. Throughout her life, they shared an intense father-daughter bond, so much so that some people whispered it may have crossed a line. Whether or not that is true has never been proven. But Theodosia was raised with a good head on her shoulders, you might say, and she still ventured down the marriage path, falling for Joseph Austin, a successful planner from South Carolina. The two married on February 2, 1801. 
The next month, her father was sworn in as the Vice President of the United States, alongside President Thomas Jefferson. A little over a year later, in May 1802, the couple welcomed their son, Aaron Burr Austin. It should have been a banner few years for the Burr Austin families, but things began to spiral. Theodosia suffered a painful delivery with Aaron, making it unlikely she could conceive another child, and she never would. She grew lonely in the Oaks, the South Carolina plantation where she and Joseph lived. Then it happened. The event that defined her father's life and their family name. On July 10, 1804, illuminated by candlelight, Aaron Burr wrote Theodosia a letter that read, I am indebted to you, my dearest Theodosia, for a very great portion of the happiness that I have enjoyed in this life. You have completely satisfied all that my heart and affections have hoped for or even wished. The next day, with a single bullet, he killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel in Weehawken, New Jersey. Following the famous incident, Burr escaped murder charges, but killing one of the nation's most well-liked leaders was the opposite of good publicity. After his term as vice president, he headed west in a bizarre attempt to establish a new country made up of portions of western North America and Mexico, where he planned to serve as emperor, with Theodosia set to take the throne someday. The crazy plan never came to be, and Burr was arrested and charged with treason in 1807. Theodosia, ever the dutiful daughter, was there by his side as he once again evaded prosecution. Soon, he fled to Europe. At this point in her life, Theodosia was intensely alone. Her mother had passed away years sooner, and in 1812, her son would die of malaria at the age of 10. According to her journals, she began seeing things, having hysterical fits, and experiencing flashes of light. As her health swiftly deteriorated, Joseph's political aspirations soared. He became governor of South Carolina at the end of 1812, despite his wife's sizable grief. With a packed new agenda to fit the governor's title, Joseph could not join his wife on a trip north to New York to visit her father, who would return to the States. So Theodosia, her father's friend Dr. Timothy Green, and a small crew boarded a schooner named Patriot on December 31, 1812, and embarked before the dawn of the new year. Theodosia Burr Austin was never seen again. Rumors swirled about what happened to her as the weeks went by. Aaron Burr vowed his daughter perished in the ocean, never to give any mind to the theories that would persist for years after her disappearance, and even after Joseph's death in 1816. All manner of theory was ascribed to the story. Numerous former pirates confessed on their deathbed to knowing what happened to the Patriot, claiming they were among those who raided the ship and murdered all on board. The most famous tale came from a sailor named Benjamin Burdick, whose story even made it into the pages of the New York Times. He claims Theodosia was made to walk the plank. He said she did so with a Bible in hand, without struggle, and fully prepared to accept her fate. As she was taking the fatal steps, the 1878 article read, she folded her hand over her bosom and raised her eyes to heaven. She fell and sank without a murmur or a sigh. As for Theodosia's connections to southeastern North Carolina, many in the region ascribed to the theory that she met her end when the Patriots sank off the coast of Baldhead Island. Fewer say she made it to shore in the region and lived out the rest of her life under a new name. Her ghost is said to haunt Baldhead Island, often being pursued by headless pirates. Tours on the island will often include her story, with flourishes of the truth mixed in with the tall tale. 
Does her spirit forever walk the shores of Baldhead Island looking for a way home? It's probably as likely as the similar stories that dot up and down the North Carolina coast. Theodosia Burr Austin's story is both incredible and incredibly tragic. Whatever ending you deem fit for Theodosia, she's forever tied to the Cape Fear region and forever etched into history, just as her father dreamed she would be. Joining me now is Ben Stillman, a longtime writer here at the Star News and the paper's resident historian. Thank you for joining me today, Ben. Glad to have you, Hunter. So we are going to talk about Theodosia Burr Alston. And, you know, I, I relate a lot about her life and obviously a lot of the tragedy of her life. But she was very much a public figure when she was young. What do we know about her as a young woman? Well, she was born in 1783 in Albany, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, her her mother died when she was 12 years old, and her father doted on her. Of course, there's the Dear Theodosia song in, uh, in, the, in the musical Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave her a greater education than almost any woman would have had in the, her time and place. He, he taught her French, Greek, and Latin. Uh, he had her write frequent letters, and he would correct her grammar and spelling and stuff. And anyway, she was very fond of him, and their letters uh, run to like thousands and thousands of copies. Yeah, so um, she would not only had a, a great education and you know was well-known in her time, people would know about her, that she was also kind of under the thumb of her father. He was very much... Uh, he was very much overseeing just about every part of her life well, when she was younger. Just about it, uh, just about any father in that in that uh, in that period would have done this uh, would have done the same. Yeah. She married in 1801 to a South Carolina planter, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph Alston. He owned a plantation down in the vicinity of Georgetown called the Oaks. Much of it actually is in uh, uh, the property is now occupied by Brooking Gardens, okay. and. Uh, uh, according to one report I read, they were the very first couple to vacation at Niagara Falls. Wow. What a, what a distinction to have. Uh-huh. Uh, it was kind of a sad marriage, though. In 1802, they had their only son, Andrew, uh, excuse me, Aaron Burr Alston. Apparently, uh, poor uh, Theodosia had complications. One source said she had uh, uh, a prolapsed uterus and was unable to have further kids, and uh by some reports, she suffered extensive uh, what we'd call postnatal depression or whatever. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit, and then he dies, correct? Uh, the young son. Uh, uh, Aaron, Bur- uh, Aaron Burr Alston, sometimes known as Grampy, dies in 1812, mm-hmm. and of course her mother is devastated. Mm-hmm. That leads up to the 31st of December, 18, uh, excuse me, 1812, when Theodosia goes down to Charles, uh, to uh uh, Georgetown, South Carolina, meets up with her uh, her, fa- uh, her father's associate. They board a packet called the Patriot and head off to New York uh, uh, New York City for, so she can vi- uh, visit her father. Of course, Joseph at this point is now the governor of South Carolina. There's a war on with uh, Great Britain. The British troops are occupying some of the South Carolinas, so he can't leave. Okay. Uh, she departs on the 31st of December, 1812, and is never seen again. So what are some of the theories that kind of persist with history of what may have happened to her? Well, the boring, plausible theory is that uh, British uh, ships off the North Carolina Isle Banks uh, reported a uh, 
terrible storm on the 2nd and 3rd of January, 1813, with what we would consider hurricane-force winds. Mm -hmm. The little boat would have been sailing through there, uh, past Cape Hatteras about then. And uh, the uh, obvious explanation, the one that Burr himself accepted, was that the uh, the, uh, Patriot was lost with all hands. But Mm -hmm. that's no fun. (laughs) Okay. other versions have her uh, washing ashore as uh, uh, as a uh, crazy old lady with uh, uh, with amnesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, big version of this is the uh, involves the Nags Head portrait, uh, which allegedly washed ashore in a big storm in 1813. Uh, a doctor named William Gaskin Poole discovered it in 1869 when he was on vacation and he goes out to t- attend an elderly banker lady who's retiring. I mean, excuse me, he's going out to uh, attend to an elderly banker lady who's dying. Mm-hmm. He and his daughter admire this uh, painting on the wall. Uh, some people attribute it to the American painter John Vanderlyn. And the uh, husband uh, basically uh, offers to uh, give it to the doctor as, as payment, the way they used to give them chickens and stuff. But uh, one version of the story, the fun one, says that has the elderly lady reaching a bolt upright in bed and saying, no, you can't have that. I have to take it to my dear father in New York. And one version has her grabbing the painting and staggering off into the surf and never being seen again, although the painting watches ashore again. So the that theory would ascribe to the assumption that she survived, yeah, came to shore and lived her life as yeah. as a, until she was older with the yeah. painting, right. Other versions have them being uh, intercepted by pi- uh, by pirates, which was probably highly uh, unlikely in uh, 1812. But uh, there are various stories about her walking the plank in a white gown. One version has her becoming a pir- uh, pirate's mistress down in Bermuda. One version has her winding up all the way in Texas and becoming the wife of a, uh, the bride of a Kennesaw Indian. Wow. Chief. These these vary wildly yes. to what may have happened to Theodosia. Yes. And, of course, the, there's the version that has her on Bald Head Island. Yeah. Uh, uh, supposedly, according to some stories, her ghost still walks the uh, seashore on Bald Head Island. Uh, some some versions have her being her spirit being chased by three headless pirates. Anyway, and for years, there was a very nice... Uh, bed and breakfast on bald head called Theodosia's when fortunately which is no longer with us. So, you know, with us not knowing what happened to Theodosia, a lot of places and a lot of stories have kind of latched on to what they think or what they kind of hope happened to her. Right. But here in our area, it's really centered around Bald Head Island. Right. Where she, you know, I guess the theory there was that her ship perished off the coast. Right. Is there, is there any story or theory that says she made it to Bald Head Island? Uh, I haven't heard of one. Uh, Baldhead, I thought, I'm, I'm correct at that point, was largely uninhabited except by wild wild cows at that point. So unless she was like the Fort Fisher hermit and could live off the land, she would have had a very hard time. Yeah. And so, and you know, that, that portrait that you mentioned, you know, I, I've which read actually, about which that. Actually, uh, it actually hangs in the Walpole Library at Yale University. Now. Yeah, it still very much exists. It's very much a real painting. But, you know, there's been people who question the validity of it for at least one specific reason. And what is that? That she, it doesn't look like her? Well, basically, that's it. I mean, you compare it to any of the other paintings. I mean, uh, Theodosia uh, was her father's daughter. Like him, she had an olive complexion. She had a very long aristocratic nose. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the woman in the uh, in the Nags Head uh, Walpole painting, uh, very cute, but she's 
per, but she's perky. She has a nice little grin. And the one thing we know about poor uh, poor Theodosia was that she was not perky. Well, and she she definitely had a, a tragic life. So uh, there might have been uh, there might have tra- been and reasons a tra- and it. a tragic end. Yes. So what theory do you ascribe to? Uh, I shave with Occam's razor, so I favor the uh, ship. Uh, I, I favor the shipwreck and the storm theory. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is the age of sail. This is the age of sailing ships, some of which were wood and not very well built. Uh, the Patriot was a very small vessel, uh, and lots of people were di- were dying and uh, and, ne- and never being seen again at sea back in those days. Johnston Blakely, a Wilmington native who was the uh, state's big naval hero of 1812, sailed off in his boat, uh, his ship, the Reindeer, and which was uh, never seen again and lost with all hands. So there's certainly, you know, evidence, at least from other ships kind of perishing this way, that that, that was likely the way that, that Theodosia's story ended. Sad but true. Yes, and again, as you said, it might not be the, the juiciest for people trying to tell ghost stories or, you know, unusual legends, but Theodosia, there is, you know, there is a chance that her, her ship could have, have perished off the coast of Baldhead. Possibly. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a lot of North Carolina coast to go around, yeah. so I think there there's there's a yeah. chance it could have gone down anywhere. Uh, one interesting side version of this by the North Carolina author Michael Parker called the watery part of the world that has uh, uh, that has Theodosia washing ashore on Portsmouth Portsmouth Island off uh, Ocracoke mm-hmm. and taking up with a uh, with an uh, uh, an Outer Banks guy. There, so there's plenty of movies to be had in this if you're going to make a movie of Theodosia Burr. You just got to pick your ending. I, can, I count about seven or eight. Huh? Wow. So, what, you know, to wrap this up, what do we know happened to Aaron Burr after this? You know, he, he already had a life where he was tried for, at least tried to be tried for murder of Alexander Hamilton. His well, wife had died uh, uh, well, as well. Uh, he never fa- he never faced murder char- uh, murder charges since this was the golden age of the deal. But he did he was tried for treason in 1807 in the famous uh, Blennerhassett Island case, where he was allegedly charged with uh, where, uh, uh, involved in a treasonous plot to get the western half of the United States and uh, to join with Mexico in a new empire with uh, Aaron as emperor. Uh, he was acquitted on that charge, but that basically uh, ended his uh, political uh, his political career, and he basically stayed on in New York in legal practice until his death in uh, eighteen in the eighteen thirties. So, so he lived fairly long after after Theodosia's death. For Fair, them, yes. Uh, Gore Vidal did a famous novel version of this in his book Burr. So, mm-hmm. so. What do we know much about? I guess from Gore, do we know much about what his life was like after he lost the Adosia, considering they were so close? Uh, he was not. Uh, he was not a very happy man, and he clearly mourned his daughter for much of the rest of his life. As anyone would, I think. Um, so you ascribe to the theory that uh, it was a shipwreck. I think she, I think she went I think she went down with the ship. Sadly, uh, unfortunately, that might be the case. Well, thank you so much, Ben, for talking to me about Theodosia Burr Austin. Good to chat with you, Hunter. That's it for this week's episode of Kate Fear Unearthed and the story of Theodosia Burr Austin. Thank you so much for joining me. Check back next Thursday for a new episode where we will explore another tale from the history books. Until then, we want to hear from you, the listener, about what story you think we should cover on a future episode. Be sure to email us your favorite local tale to katefearunearthed at gmail.com. The final episode this season is going to be a reader-submitted topic, and it could be yours. Also, be sure to share your thoughts on this week's episode on Twitter with the hashtag CFUnearthed. 
You can also join our Facebook group, where I will be posting extra content like pictures pertaining to each week's episode and more as the season progresses. You can find that group by searching Cape Fear Unearthed on Facebook. Finally, you can find a list of all the books, articles, and resources used in researching this podcast in the show notes. Cape Fear Unearthed was written, edited, and hosted by me, Hunter Ingram. You can find more of my work at starnewsonline.com and on Twitter at Hunter Ingram SN. Until next week, get out and explore the Cape Fear region on your own. What you learn might just surprise you.